Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from pewterreport.com, and with me today on this wonderful Monday morning is not Scott Reynolds. He still doesn't have a voice. Instead, it's the one and only Mark Cook on the pod today. What's up, Mark? You could call me Mark Arians. I mean, I think we determined that when we had Bruce on that I may be a long lost Arians. You have not somewhere. donned. You have not failed to don that cap every time that we've done a show since Arians, I believe. Yeah, and 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 you know, with the news today of uh, of a raise for my dad, I uh, decided to wear the Bruce Arians shirt too, as people can see here. Wow, so, got the whole yeah. getup going. Hopefully, Dad will uh, raise my allowance a little bit as well. You know, right now it's not very much, but hopefully he'll raise my allowance now that he's making more money. Oh, that would be great for you. Uh, Bucks fans, it's obviously a great day for them. They get to see Bruce Arians get a pay raise. They get to see Jason Light extended. Uh, that is that is really great news, in my opinion, because you know Arians, I think he's just going to coach until he wants to end, so no, no worries there with his contract length or whatever that may or may not end up being. But with Light, it just – solidifying good leadership in today's NFL right away and not, you know, oh, let's wait it out. Let's do, you know, we, okay. We know what Jason light is now at this point. We've seen him do something. Very few GMs, if any have really done in building this team and man, it's uh yeah, it's very exciting that I think t- when you're in good hands like that as an organization, man, bodes great things for the future. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We've got a, a, a buck killer that is now out of the NFC South. That of course, we're going to talk about old Julio Jones, uh, I've also got to talk about this Aaron Rodgers situation, man. Peter King writing about it today. And what, and I'm trying to be friendly here, man, but this might be the dumbest idea I've ever seen proposed by a professional sports writer to rectify a situation. I am lost on this one. I hope Peter, Peter, come on the podcast and explain this to us because I don't get it. We're going to talk about that in a second. Two and we got a preview mini camp. Next three days are going to be all mini camp coverage here on the Peter Report podcast. So we've got lots to look at there as well. It's all going to be brought to you by our friends over at Celsius, but we're the video ad is is no more right now. We are talking about Celsius that powers and energizes active lives every day with essential functional energy. And I've got the sparkling Fuji Apple pear here to prove it. Healthy energy accelerates metabolism, Mark, burns body fat, no sugar, still has great taste. Pretty incredible. And one of the best developments of late is these fast energy bars that are coming out. This wow. is a part of as well. Oh, man. The taste on these things is unbelievable. If people get a chance to check out the fast energy bars, I have had a lot of protein bars in my life. I've gone through times where I was just looking for a brand that didn't taste bad. Um, and that was earlier in my life. Now I haven't taken as much protein supplement in recent uh, years. And these fast bars, man, the taste. Uh, I can't believe how good the taste is. Again, it's the same thing with Celsius. That's like what they go for, I guess. But the fact that they're able to do it and still give you health and good protein, it's awesome stuff. So check out Celsius and check out those fast energy bars as well. They're, uh, they're protein bars. They uh, give you great stuff. All right. Let's talk about it, Mark. Bruce Arians and Jason Light going to stay around long term. You have been kind of through it as a Bucks fan, then analyst, writer, what are your thoughts here on getting some stabi- stable leadership back? I know that's not like the Bucks have never had it, like some of these franchises, you know, I mean, in recent years anyway, Cleveland and, you know, some other ones are just kind of figuring out what that looks like for forever. The Bucks have had it in the past, have had really good coaches, um, but of late that has been a very elusive thing for them. 
uh, during this playoff list drought before last season's playoff Super Bowl run. Your thoughts on getting Arians and Light back in the fold, or Light in the fold long term at least. Yeah, I was hoping that when when the tweet came across or when we got the information that it, Arians might extend his deal a little bit. But you know what? I think you're right, John. I think he's he's on a year-to-year. He can coach as long as he wants to here with the organization. After his five-year contract is up, if he chooses to fulfill the full five years, I suspect he'll be the Rob Gronkowski of coaches, right? Just one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. Um, the Glazers love Bruce Arians and, um, and, and you know, having that – that that message, that stability, that resume in the building. And again, I'm not knocking Dirk Cutter and, and Lovey Smith and Greg Shannon. Well, I am a little bit. Just Bruce Arians just, just brought something different to this organization mm-hmm. that was that yeah. was needed. And um, you know, it was the perfect hire. And it was a listen, John, it was a desperation hire, yeah. essentially, because this organization was floundering. Uh, you know, they had a number one draft pick from 19, I mean, from 1995, from 2015, uh, that was at a crossroads. They wanted a quarterback or a quarterback, uh, coach whisperer, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call Bruce Arians to come in here and try and salvage Jameis Winston. He wasn't quite able to do that. Although we did see progress with the over 5,000 yards, but just too many turnovers, of course. But, um, you know, Jason light is, is a survivor. And I say that John, because not many GMs and I, I I don't even know how we'd go back and look at it, but not many GMs have been able to survive three head coaches, one yeah. maybe, two maybe. Now, granted, Lovey was hired before Jason Light, so I was going to say that yeah, wasn't his hire, right. but he was instrumental in the in the decision to let him go, though. Um, mm-hmm. And then he brings in Dirk Cutter, and then he brings in Bruce Arians. It's worked out for him well. Um, he's made his share of mistakes in the draft, and and Jason will be the first to admit that. That's what I do love mm-hmm. about Jason Light. Um, when he makes a bad draft choice, he doesn't hang on to him forever. Mark Dominic was known for keeping guys, hoping they would pan out later in their careers, and it just normally didn't happen. Uh, Jason rips the Band-Aid off, and I can appreciate that from him. But he's learned right. a lot. Um, you know, there's been luck involved. There's been – I mean, who would have thought Tom Brady would be available? Does Jason Light get this extension if Tom Brady doesn't sign with the Bucks last year? If it's Phillip Rivers, is Jason Light getting this extension? If they re-sign mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, is Jason Light getting – so – all the pieces have fallen into place for Jason Light. But to sum it all up, the stability, knowing who's going to be in charge for the next few yeah. years is an important part of, of an organization. You need stability right. because you mentioned the Cleveland Browns. That's a that's a team that, you know, it seems like every year, obviously last year they had a tremendous season, and this year I think they'll be really, really good again. Um, but, I mean, they were firing coaches, you know, year after year after year. And Forever, right? Their front office. It was a cons- consistent issue. They didn't know yeah. how they were building their roster. They didn't have a vision for long-term how they were building it. And now you have light. People know what to expect. Players know. Right. And I think that helps too. He's honest with players. Arian, same thing. They're honest with players. They're straight up with players. You've heard so many players appreciate that and mention that about them. It's an organization that does things the right way. And in the NFL today, that's just rare. So we could talk about Brady and all that as much as we want. But I think as long as those pieces are there, you rarely see organizations that are really competent at the top from the top down struggle, you know, on a long term. I think that's why I say I think the Bucs have turned over a new leaf. And yes, obviously, you need a great quarterback to be a Super Bowl competitor. But are this, I don't think this franchise is going back to being the losingest franchise in the NFL anytime no. in the near future. Not not under Jason no. Light. I really, really don't think that. Um, Capo wants to know: Is Scott okay? Scott is okay. His voice is coming back. Uh, he is he's frustrated by the slowness of the process. 
when he is on the pod next, he will explain to you all the details, I'm sure, of kind of how this has happened with him and, and losing his voice for almost a month now. Can um, I do my Scott it. impression real quick? Yeah, do, do your Scott no, impression. No, no, It's very Scott, Batman-like. Scott is, Scott is very uh, – Scott does a lot of impressions. He does a tremendous Tony Dungy. He does a great John Gruden. Mm. Uh, he does some other ones too. So, But I'm not going to – I'm not going to talk like Scott. It's very similar. <laughs> like the first time he called me, John, after he lost his voice – I thought he was kidding because Scott is also notorious. Oh, to be yes, a, a I do. Yeah, uh, and I, I thought, do. okay, seriously. And he's like, I just wanted to tell you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, he sounds – anyway, I'm not going to say what he sounds like. But anyway, uh, he is improving, and, and he gave us an update over the weekend. It was just a perfect storm of things that went wrong with, with a laryngitis-type condition, um, which Scott and I have mentioned it a lot, John. Getting old is no fun, so we don't <laughs> recommend it. So if you can avoid getting old somehow, John, do it. Don't because. When you hit 40, things start going downhill. When you get to 50, Scott's not quite there. I am. Um, somebody mentioned earlier, Mark Cook always looks tired, but he's not. I'm not tired. I, I Well, I mean, I'm always tired because I'm old. Now, I have an issue. I have glaucoma in, in my eyes, which is a serious condition. And I've, you know, I, I can't see out of one eye. So that's why my eyes look weird. So you people quit making fun of me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you feel bad for making fun of me. But uh, Scott's okay. I'm okay. It doesn't matter. We'll do the podcast. I mean... If at some point we'll figure out some sort of uh, uh, a typing voice to text for Scott to do the podcast if we have to, but eventually he's going to get his voice back. In the meantime, it's been really nice and quiet though, John. You know he doesn't call screaming and yelling at me right now, so that's always a good. <laughs> that's the only positive coming from Scott. Yeah, that's a time. that's a big thing that Scott does a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, no, that he's yelled at you, but he he definitely <laughs> likes to yell at me pretty regular. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten that part yet. Maybe once I'm here a couple oh, it's more coming. years, but yeah, it's, it's coming. coming. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Scott's doing all right. He is working his way back. He's planning to be out at uh he's not actually sick. He just it's just right. his voice. So he feels, feels he's feels writing. Fine. Yeah. He's still doing this podcast graphic and all that stuff. He's just trying to get that voice back. So he is planning on being out at practice on Wednesday to cover things, but it might be a couple days until we get him back on the pod. We'll see how things go uh, as we we've got it. We've got it. You know what, John? We've got to treat it like a star football player. All right. So Scott, let's just say Scott has a hamstring. If you're there rushing you back, then he's going to be out for the injury. whole year. Upper body injury. You don't want to rush you, as upper as you can get. So yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got an upper body injury, which is better than a lower, but Scott is, uh, Scott is, we don't want to rush him back, man, because we don't want to, we don't yeah. want to bring him back too soon and, uh, and losing for the season. So we're going to take right. our time with Scott. Jack says, does this extension mean that it's possible neither Byron nor Bulls becomes head coach in Tampa? No, I don't think because it wasn't an extension for Arians yet. Right. Although I would think that the fact that you mentioned Bruce, you know, next one to two years, I don't know if he's locked in, but given that it sounds like he doesn't think he's going to step away from coaching anytime soon, my guess would be that in hiring Ted Todd Bulls as head coach, I would guess that you'll probably end up losing Todd Bowles. And I mean, unless Bruce changes his mind real quick. So I think yeah. you got to be prepared to lose both guys eventually. And we'll see if it happens this off season. When, when, when Bruce was hired, one of the things that Scott and I were really perplexed about was his decision to turn the play calling over to Byron left, which we thought it was a bad mistake. Just be honest with you. We were wrong, obviously. Um, again, having Tom Brady as your quarterback makes you look a hell of a lot better as an offensive coordinator. But offensive coordinator he is, and, and he's done a tremendous job. But um, one right. of the things was we thought it was a mistake. In hindsight, it's kept Bruce Arians healthier because that mm. was the real the, the big decision for him leaving Arizona. He had been through some health situations, but the stress and the grind 
and the pressure, I think, got to Bruce Arians as much as anything. And when we have Bruce back on the podcast, and we hope to at some point before the season, um, we'll maybe we'll ask him about that specifically. But from everything we've gathered, you know, it was a, it was some some stress related type things. So my whole point is by him having coaches that he trusts that he can delegate to, and still get the same result maybe even better as we yeah. saw last year with his first Super Bowl win as a head coach. Um, it, it was uh, it was probably a brilliant move by Bruce. And again, I, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was terrible. It's like Bruce has to call plays. That's who you hired. You hired the you know this offensive guru, right? Yeah. How is he not calling yeah, yeah, the plays? Yeah. But but I think right. it's extended Bruce. And I think if he continues to do that, as long as he stays healthy, um, I think Bruce Arians will be here for a while. That's right. Yeah. So very, very much a, a possibility that they would lose those guys, but and but they, they keep BA for a while and we'll see who steps into those coordinator rules, but it's something we can talk about kind of down the road a little bit. Uh, somebody asked, do we know uh, when the date, uh, the next training camp is starting? Um, we do have a pretty good idea. July 24th is the date that they are allowed to report to camp. Um, what time, what day they'll be on the field. We're not quite sure yet. Remember it's a, it's a pretty long, I mean, 24th and they're open the NFL season on what September 9th. So, I mean, that's a long time. So I don't know when, how fast they'll be on the field or how fast they'll be in pads or anything like no, that. Normally the, normally the, like the, the rookies report like five days before the start of training camp. And then the yeah. veterans usually come in, you know, a couple of days before the start of camp. So they'll report on the 24th, you know, they'll probably be on the field, the, you know, the, the 26th at the latest, I, I think they're yeah. going to, they're going right. to be eager. I mean, they can only do so yeah. much in the classroom. Bruce wants to get these guys on the field. Right. I'm sure at that point in time, it'll be time to go kind of full bore. So that's the day you should have uh, circled. Will wants to know our views were way up in May. Does that have anything to do with Scott being out? <laughs> uh, just kidding. Get back soon, Scott. Actually, it was our I mean, uh, our podcast has been great, too. But the uh, the traffic on the site, as was it, May was our record setting month. Uh, I think we were mentioned on the pod the other day. So we had a record setting month in May in terms of website traffic. The, th- the third record setting month in a row, I think. So um, and Scott was still writing, so it didn't have anything to do with him being out. Not this time, but we'll take full credit for it still. I, I uh, think yeah. uh, I think our numbers at the podcast have been up a little bit too when I'm on. I tend to look at those numbers oh, yeah. and I look at those oh, views. Yeah. I think people missed me, you know. I think maybe they got a little tired of just the John and Scott show and they needed a little bit of flavor. <laughs> or hey, the listen. fat guy on the podcast. I don't know, whatever it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, that flavor's always been there whenever that flavor wants to jump in here. <laughs> uh, G Vegas says, you think B.A. Rays has got to put him in the top five of coaches' salaries? I really have no clue about that i'm not sure yeah, you know, <laughs> we you know, don't even I, know what it is so it's hard yeah to we don't we don't that's the one thing we always know player salaries yeah but we whatever. but but knowing coaches and 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 scott and i have talked about this before too john we have no idea how much money jason light makes does jason no. light make 1.5 million does he make 4 million i mean we don't we don't know i mean that's that's mm. something that's just held very close to the vest and and that's something jason light refuses to talk about not that we've ever asked him specifically how much money he's right. made but anytime we start talking off the record contract and years he's just he deflects big time one guy making a lot of money but make it in tennessee now is julio jones falcons receiver moves on they traded him for a second and a fourth they got a sixth back in the deal i think the fourth was a 2023 maybe in the sixth of the 2023 i think too so some distant picks there that probably didn't don't matter a whole much, whole a whole bunch for Atlanta or for Atlanta or for Tennessee. I mean, if you're Tennessee, I think it was a no brainer move. I mean, obviously you need another yeah. receiver. I mean, great move for them. Uh, it would be hard, you know, unless Julio like is injuries and you can't really foresee that. I mean, he's been healthy most of his career. I know people look at last year, but he still played what nine games, produced like crazy. So, no reason to think he's dropping off that much yet, and he'll be a game changer for them. But for Atlanta, man, 
Mark, I don't understand the offseason. Like you go at number four and you don't take a quarterback. You could have moved up. I know San Francisco jumped up, but you could have, you know, been a team maybe that pulled that trigger, or you could have just sat there and taken a quarterback. I guess report comes out today. They weren't really that crazy about Justin Fields. They took the best player available in Kyle Pitts, but man, Pitts is gonna have to be there almost isn't a path for Pitts to be as good to to move down a couple spots or some team wanted to move up or something like that. You know, they, we know they got calls, we know they got offers, didn't move down, just stayed there and took Pitts. I mean, Pitts is a heck of a player. Don't get me wrong. I love, love his tape, love, love his game, but it's hard to turn down all those resources when you're a team that's basically saying, all right, we're going to start rebuilding. And I bet they try to move Matt Ryan next off season. I know cap wise, it's always going to be a challenge, but they still can do it next off season um, where this off season is going to be hard. And you're going to do all that now, and you're you're a couple years into this thing with a new head coach and a new GM, and you're still trying to figure out a lot of stuff. Uh, I think it's frustrating if you're a Falcons fan, probably because that offense could have been really good. I don't know what the defense would have been good or how good they would have been, or but I mean, on paper, they certainly look like a team that could bounce back and have a much better year, better scheme, um, lots of talent on offense. That offensive line getting a chance to finally play together and be healthy together. Um, but it just it, losing Julio is huge because it changes everything. We talked about how the Bucks match up, and now it just becomes oh, so much easier for Tampa Bay to match up with Atlanta's weapons. Well, I, I I think Atlanta sees the fact that they're not a Super Bowl contender in the next couple of years, and at some point Julio is going to drop off. And they traded up and gave up a lot to draft him when they did, and uh, but he's been a tremendous asset to that team. He helped them get to a Super Bowl that they lost mm-hmm. to Tom Brady, of course. Um, but I think that they've, they've, they've got their value out of what they got for Julio Jones. I mean, you can't argue the production that he's put up the question. Now, Kyle Pitts, he's, you know, he, if he's the greatest tight end to ever play the history in the history of the NFL, he's still not a guy that's going to lead your team to the Super Bowl because of just the position that he plays. Will he be a part of it one day? Maybe, uh, will he be an integral part? Sure. And, and I think he's going to be a really good tight end. But mm-hmm. but John, let's let's say let's just take a look at one of the best tight ends that ever played the game. Uh, who who would you say? I mean, I don't want to go back in the old days in the seventies and eighties and stuff, but through the nineties or through the two thousands, I mean, who was one of the best tight ends? Played for San Diego, now Los Angeles, yeah. the Chargers. Antonio Gates, yeah. How many Super Bowls did they win? I mean, this guy zero. was a matchup nightmare. An absolute, right. and they had Philip Rivers, who was a perennial Pro Bowl mm-hmm. quarterback. I mean, it just goes to show you. I'm not dogging the tight end position because I don't know if the Bucks win the Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski last year when OJ Howard goes down. I don't know. A lot of good tight ends um, have played it have been in that a lot game tougher. recently. Yeah, but it's it's still there, to there me is. it goes back to your point. Like you have to understand, like value in the draft, like doesn't come along that often. So, right. for example, just to cut right to the chase. If Justin Fields or Mac Jones really are studs. Atlanta screwed up. I mean, it, it really it honestly doesn't quite matter what Pitts does. You know, it doesn't mean that they didn't get a good player, but the value of the right. quarterback position. Now they could go on in future years and still find a quarterback. Um, there will be some luck to that process, obviously, with where they end up picking in the draft. But you're really looking at a year now where you might be like picking in the early teens and you need a quarterback. And so that's right. why when you have those top five yeah. picks and you think you're going to need a quarterback and your window is not win now. Like just go get a quarterback, man. Like it's I so mean, eight, important. Eight, eight and eight is gonna gonna really hamper your ability to get a franchise quarterback. And this team yeah. could be eight and eight for the next couple of years if Matt Ryan's the the, the and, still and, a quarterback. And, yeah. And now you just traded your best player in franchise history, probably for right. a, what'll probably be like a late, mid to late second round. 
pick and Julio yeah. Jones. And I, I, I don't think the Titans are Super Bowl contenders or anything like that with or without Jones. So, I mean, maybe you could argue it doesn't move the needle enough for them, but it certainly puts them. I mean, if Tannehill can play what the, how they think he can play, then okay, you're going to be, you know, one of the second tier teams in the AFC and you could probably win that division. And there's a lot to be said for that. Even if you can't in the end overcome Kansas City and Buffalo doesn't mean every move you make is wrong. Um, whereas Atlanta, I'm not sure. I mean, they basically have said we we aren't think we're gonna we don't think we're gonna compete like that this season. Right. We're gonna trade Julio, but we're all not gonna do it for a huge return. And then next year we're gonna be in draft purgatory. What's the long term plan? Lots could happen. It just puts them in a maybe they'd move to like San Francisco and they jump up and they trade away a future first uh to move up for a quarterback. Great, but I just again, you could have just taken a quarterback. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, that was really good. And Justin Fields at four, so lots yeah. to unpack there with Atlanta in the years to come. Right now, we're looking at an imp- we, we don't have a conclusion, but it's something to unpack kind of in, in years to come with them and their roster. Uh, there's a lot of information still to glean. The other thing we got to talk about, Mark, is this situation with Aaron Rodgers that's unfolding, and we're going to do that in a second. But first, want to mention Locker Room. It's a social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap store and join the conversation with Locker Room today. We'll be on there this week breaking down some of this minicamp stuff in, in more depth and answering some questions, getting the nitty-gritty and behind the scenes as we always do on Locker Room. So, Download that, follow uh, Pewter Report, and uh, get in, invited into those conversations. And, I, and I, I'm, still, I'm still waiting on the invite, John. I, I mean, you go and I, I, mean, I clicked your name like, last time. You know, I did. I, feel, I saw it. I feel like Lindsey Buckingham on that SNL sketch, uh, sketch where he never gets uh, on the show. Um, you probably don't watch Saturday Night Live, but um, but anyway, you <laughs> SNL guys will know. We're gonna have uh, to do a Venn diagram sometime, Mark, like, of like crossover keep, shows and movies keep, that yeah. you and I both know. I keep hearing, yeah, that's true because we, we're we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum there. Um, but I, I I'm not a I'm not a comic book movie guy. Are you? Like Scott's am, a big Wolverine kind of guy, and Marvel. Yes, and I love stuff. the Marvel movies, but I never really? read comic books as a kid. I never, I don't know any. I don't. Only thing I've learned about backstories of superheroes is from people I know that are really into that. I never, I didn't know any of that stuff growing up. I just, I love the story now, like the way that they created it. But outside of that. I really don't watch superhero or really sci-fi or any of that kind of genre. Um, but man, when you have that many stud actors and actresses in, in a series that goes that long, I mean, I tip my hat to that. I don't think I don't, think, I don't think I've seen a single one of them. What name oh, like three man. three of the Marvel movies? Just tell me what they are because I'll tell you. Infinity no. War. No. Avengers. No. Okay. No. Age of Ultron. No. Okay. No. All right. I saw Spider-Man, the first one with Tobey Maguire. This like is breaking my heart. Ago. Yeah. Oh, I saw your text yesterday. You met George Strait, and I almost texted you and said, "Who's George Strait?" <laughs> I knew of everybody on the thing. It was just between just, you no, and Matt. Would, it would have been between you and Matt. That would have just been Matt. to frustrate you. I just wanted yeah. to drive you crazy, yeah. and then I would have told yeah. you I was kidding. I'm thinking <laughs> George is probably not real big. Well, actually, you know what? I joke about Pennsylvania, but it's I've been to Pennsylvania. Yeah. I've been through Pennsylvania. There's some really rural country oh, people yeah. in Pennsylvania, so I imagine oh, George Strait's. Yeah. Uh, a big deal yes. in Pennsylvania. Too. Yes. Any country artist is a big deal, honestly, in Pennsylvania. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know how about when you get into the, but yeah, there's so many rural areas that it's big, big genre up there for sure. Not for me personally, though. Sorry. I despise country. So I'm sorry to now we'll just move on quickly with the show before you have a chance to react to that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Somebody says trade Blaine Gabbard for Rodgers. Rodgers becomes the starter in waiting. I love it, Tom Bucks fan. Move over, yes, Jason. Do it. Make this man GM. No, <laughs> Rodgers, I mean, Peter King kind of saying today, he just doesn't see it happening. And Peter King's suggestion, I don't know if you got to see it, Mark. I am. No, I want to know. Thinks, Tell me. He thinks Rodgers should go to Green Bay and say, if you agree in principle to trade me next offseason, I'll play this season. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why would he do that? He has a lame duck quarterback. Now. Are you kidding me? And then, I, I mean, how does that, how does that, how does that exactly? How does that look to the team? How does that, uh, that's just, boy, you're asking I, a dude to I, leave I like your Peter team. King, man. I like Peter King, but that one's really far out there. I love he Peter King. He opened I, his column, like saying, the wow. more I think about it, the more this, I was just, I was like, this can't be like this can't be real. Like, first of all, what in the world? Why would he agree to that when he feels the way that he feels right now? That's exactly. essentially what happened this past year. Whereas right. he played right. a year and then now he's asking to get traded. So why would so he would just take the Packers' word for it that they're gonna trade him? They yeah. just drafted a quarterback. Like he can't trust them. And even if he could, he's gonna risk injury this whole year. He's gonna put his heart and soul into a season knowing he's getting traded. Where is he getting traded? When is he getting traded? How many? Who are the even the right. interested parties? He doesn't right. know. That. He won't know that who that is in a year. So he could get traded anywhere. He's just going to say, "Okay, yeah, I'll get traded," and then just end up anywhere. Rogers is going to be okay with that. I mean, it was the dumbest. I, I truly have no words for what I read. I read it like two, three times, trying to like understand how he did, thought he didn't think about it at all. Like I just don't know how he could think about it. And like you said, Peter King, you know, I'm not saying I agree with him on all his opinions, but when no. he has an opinion, it's usually pretty well researched. And this was just like immediate dismissal like no ridiculous idea like he has all the leverage right now the packers you know they've got to find a way to move him if he doesn't show up i mean they have their quarterback they took him in the that's first almost round. that's almost a chris sims take i know how much it's, you love chris sims. <laughs> that's exactly that's almost, right though almost a chris sims take to be honest with you yes except that's it funny. was so silly does he that really just, believe that though or is he just yeah did he forget did he forget he had a column due this morning and just had to throw something together late last night i mean that's just yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird situation. I, I, it was really strange, and obviously the rest of the column, you know, about Julio, and there's lots of right. other good stuff in there, and um, you know, good insight. But I just couldn't believe what I was reading. It just doesn't make any sense for, for really either side, but Rogers especially. I mean, you know, it, why would you risk it? You're coming off an MVP season. You should see it that way too. They should say, okay, this is Aaron Rodgers. Like he is an MVP this year. We just took a quarterback in the first round. We want to move him now was his age right. and his contract. It's right. all going to go, only go downhill from here. He's, right. The likelihood of a guy winning another MVP and his stock being as high just isn't that great. It's just numbers. He's never going to be more valuable than he is now, and they should move him if he's determined not to play there, as everybody is reporting right. now, like everybody in their grandmother. They need to move him before this, they lose all sense source of leverage as they get into this thing because they can still get a King's ransom for him. They have their first-round quarterback in place. They can rebuild this thing quickly around Love. If he's not the guy this year, you find out, you package picks, you move up for a quarterback, or or you, maybe you're drafting high because Rodgers right. isn't there anymore and you're losing more games. They can still salvage this, but they run out of time the longer they let it let dry out. So obviously we only know what people are reporting, but if Rodgers is truly committed, to, that's it. I'm done. And he's communicated that for what, what months now? This first, yeah, really much. I mean, this has been really talked about since the day the season ended, basically, for the Packers. But then, really, at the draft, I mean, and so on and so forth over the last couple of months, uh, if it's as really as done deal as what people are saying, and he's not coming back, 
they have got to figure out an exit strategy and they've got to move on. There's just, yeah. you cannot lose value. Rodgers has made bank. This isn't a Deshaun Watson situation where it's right. like, we'll just let him sit for three years in his prime. Rodgers has made bank. He could retire now, not bat an eye. Right. You can get something for him, but you have to move now. Like, so that's how I see it. And either way, it's pretty good news for the Bucks, I would think, because that seems like Green Bay's in a tough time with the best player in the league right now. Yeah, either way, I think it, it bodes well for the Buccaneers. An unhappy, disgruntled Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. decides to play, or they end up starting a second-year quarterback who's never yeah. seen the field. So, I mean, yeah, way, if Rodgers goes back, how good's that situation going to be? Man, that, and that could be a total disaster in that locker room, yeah. too. I mean, that's just to be depending on which side the players take. Um, I don't know how well-loved Aaron Rodgers is inside the locker room. He's not well-loved publicly, right? I mean, he's – uh, he's, he's doesn't have a great <laughs> reputation, right? So, I mean, uh, it, it, people, people aren't huge fans of this guy, but I don't know inside the locker room. I, I don't know how he, how he is, you know, it'd be interesting to maybe, yeah. uh, talk to I somebody up in green Bay. But. Have, always, have really seemed to like him, especially in recent years, but it's still the case that I completely agree with you that it could be a mess because Rogers has never been one to kind of just like, it's over. It's done. Like he's a grudge guy. Right. Like that's what he is. I mean, yeah. he's just, yeah. he's a chip guy. He's a chip on his shoulder guy. Like that's always who he's been. So it's one of the things that's motivated him, but it, it definitely is at that point now. Where just trade him to the AFC though. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't send him yeah. packing to San Francisco uh, or, or, or <laughs> I, a couple other teams. Somebody. That would be not good. I, I think he'll go to the AFC if they do it. I think Denver makes the ton of sense. I think Denver's Super Bowl odds are still really high, by the way, just because people think it's going to eventually. Oh, Lord. Uh, Michael happen. Henderson says, who gets him? The Saints? Oh, God. No, please. <laughs> I don't see the Packers. I don't think they would do that. Uh, you know, would the Saints be interested? Maybe, but also cap wise. Oh, yeah. oh, man. It would talk about a hurdle. They'd almost have to trade Michael Thomas and Teron Ch- Armstead to make it work. And then it's like, wow, is it worth it? Um, Maybe it is. I don't know, but uh, you know they would not have many receivers or much to work with in my mind if if they made that move. So we'll see. Right. I don't think it'll be the Saints. I really think it'll be an AFC team. I feel I would feel pretty strongly about that. But it could also be the Packers just want to be stubborn with this. I mean, that's yeah, it's hard to move an MVP. I get it, but you have to look at the realistic outcomes of the situation. And I just don't. From what we've been told, from what we hear out there in the news, from people who actually know, they could be wrong. And so maybe we're wrong as the fault, but from what we know, like there's just hard to foresee like a positive outcome for the Packers, a more positive outcome than getting tons of draft assets for Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season and still having your first round quarterback who I didn't believe in at all in Jordan Love, but who Green Bay obviously did. They traded up for him while Rodgers is under contract for several more years. So um, by the way, if they believed in him now or believed in him as much as they did before the draft, Rodgers would already be gone or would be on his way out the door now. But Clearly, Rodgers is uh, is uh, still coming along. Or sorry, uh, Love is still coming along. I think, and that's something the Packers um, uh, are Let willing. Let me to ask you, John. You, you said you weren't a believer in Love, and, and again, I'm not a, a draft. Um, I was going to say nerd, but I won't do that. I'll say a draft guru like you and Scott are. Um, what was your evaluation of Love? I, you know, I'm just going to say from my standpoint, from my limited uh, knowledge of those things, I thought I thought it was a, a, a reach. I thought you know there were mm-hmm. there were um, you know, I thought it was – obviously, I thought it was a mistake when you had Aaron Rodgers on your football team to do that uh, because yeah. you knew it was not going to sit well with Aaron Rodgers. And um, and you hoped that if you draft him, you still win a couple Super Bowls, Aaron Rodgers, and this guy doesn't see the field for three years anyway. 
minimum. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was just an odd thing for them to do. Um, but what was your evaluation of him coming out as far as, you know, uh, not really a fit, but just his overall evaluation? Where'd you have him ranked? I didn't, wasn't a big fan. I had a fourth round grade on him. I don't, I can't remember the ranking right now. Maybe right. he was five that year or six. I don't know, but um, I had a fourth round grade that year um, on him. Thought he was a spot starter, career backup type of player. Wow. Just too many issues with decision-making, accuracy, pocket presence. Those things are kind of got to have it's and maybe that all materializes. Uh, we've seen it kind of all materialize with a guy like Josh Allen. That's obviously clearly an exception rather than a rule. Um, but I just saw too many concerns with Jordan Love to to really bank on him becoming, you know, what the, certainly what the Packers thought that he was. And, and they, but but him going to Green Bay with Lafleur though, I mean, if you're going to make a fourth round guy uh, uh, a good a first starter, round guy, then that's, <laughs> and that's a that's a good place to land if you're Jordan Love though, right? Yeah, for him, it's a good place to land. Uh, yeah, right. Other than the Rogers factor and the whole thing, but yeah, I think yeah. for him, it's a good good place to land you know but yeah if you look at it with the full context and it ends up being one of the things that really alienated rogers and he could say whatever he wants clearly it's one of the things that's sure. pushed this thing to you know the negative uh here but if he if love didn't exist and they'd taken a wide receiver in the first round that year you know who was contributing and there were obviously a ton of good ones do you think rogers would still i mean no way once i think he'd be he'd be at otas and minicamp this week and that yep. would be that um uh, and so, yeah, I think that uh, that is part of this, you know, that if that ends up being what pushed Rodgers out, who, buddy? I mean, I don't think Gunnikins is like a horrible GM at all, but that's one of the worst picks, like most damaging picks in NFL history, if that happens, in my opinion. Yeah. So we'll see. Lots to unpack there, obviously. We also want to make sure we're previewing training camp or mini camp here because we've got some battles of our own in the Bucks side of things coming up here, Mark. I wrote a piece for PeterReport.com today. That said, uh, that kind of listed some of the battles and players that we're going to really be watching this week. But I'm curious to get your take on it. People can go over to PeterReport.com and read kind of uh, what I was saying over there about it. But I'm curious to get your take on it as you head out to, to minicamp for a couple of these days to watch practices. Are there players and battles, matchups um, that you're looking at that you're going to be kind of studying and focusing on over the next few days? You know, I just, I, I it was a question I had in the Monday mailbag today, um, you know, about what what is this team going to accomplish? And in all honesty, the things that I think are going to be important because there's not a lot of weaknesses on this football team, the battles that are going to be decided aren't going to happen over the next three days in shorts. It's going to come when the pads come on. Um, who is that swing offensive tackle, right? Who's the backup center to Ryan Jensen? Mm-hmm. Um, who ends up getting the kick return job? Um, the, the six wide receiver role. I don't think any of those things are going to happen. And no, I mean, obviously, clearly no decision is going to be made the next three days. I think this is just an opportunity to get these guys on the field the whole yep. team back together for the first time since the Super Bowl, build some rapport, camaraderie, those kind of things. Um, but they're not going to find out what they have in in Joe Tryon. They're not going to find out what they have uh, in Kyle Trask in, in three days. And I say Tryon, I don't even know that he'll be participating. Probably not. No, well, um, Bruce said that he Bruce said he really? was going to. Yeah, okay, well, then I apologize. Week, so. I missed that. So, um, so but hope. again, you're you're not gonna we're not gonna know a whole lot there, and I don't think any battles are won and lost in mandatory mini camps. Again, man, that's where training camp's gonna be really exciting. There are so few battles; it's gonna be interesting to watch the handful. In years past, John, the entire roster was a battle. I mean, every position essentially was a was a battle. I mean, you had okay, Doug Martin was gonna be the starting running back, and Vincent Jackson was gonna be the starting wide receiver, and Josh Freeman was going to be the starting quarterback, wink, wink, and, and then Jameis Winston, of course. But, but I mean, you know, and, and Levante David was going to be the guy. But there were just battles everywhere. 
uh, on both sides of the ball in, in special teams and things like that. And it's it's really odd to go into even a mini camp, but certainly when we go into training camp without uh, a million different storylines, but the ones that are going to be the storylines are going to be really big and really interesting. And we can really focus and spend a lot of time concentrating on again, right. Ali Marpat's not going to be beaten out. Mike Evans is not going to be beaten out. We, you know, Gronk, all those, mm-hmm. we, we know who the 22 are. It's going to be, who are those supplemental guys? The, the, mm-hmm. you know, does Kyle Trask overtake Blaine Gabbard is the number two. Don't think so. But I mean, you know, maybe he lights it up in the preseason. Maybe Blaine goes down with another injury. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't, I, I'm going to be watching, you know, just as a whole to see how guys perform. But I don't know that there's anybody specifically on Sunday on our roundtable. If people haven't read that, they can check it out on pewterreport.com. We all picked a specific player that had the most to benefit from from this mini camp uh, or most to prove. And um, and and I, I was going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn. I thought that was a really good pick, but Matt had already chosen him. Um, so, so I went with, I went with Trask. I mean, this is, you know, he's going to have three days and he's going to have an opportunity to throw a handful of balls to Mike Evans because Tom Brady's not going to be, I say that, I don't know what Tom Brady's going to be doing. Maybe he is going to be out there, but taking most of the reps, but I imagine they're going to take it easy on him, uh, with him still recovering from that knee surgery. So, um, you know, that gives Trask a few more opportunities to, to throw to maybe the first team. Uh, certainly Blaine Gabbard will get that opportunity if it's not Brady. So, uh, that was so my in guy. the chat. In the chat, definitely jump in and and, and let yeah. us know kind of who you're looking at. Who do you want to hear about throughout the week? I and mean, we're going to cover all the bases. I'm sure anybody who stands out, Wolf covered, but also want it's to know who you're thinking about. It's going to be Cameron about. Kinley, unfortunately. We haven't even mentioned yeah. that one yet. Man, what a bummer! Yeah, that what is a bummer. bummer. So for what we know about it, sounds like Navy kind of denied his request to play in the league before he serves his uh, term that he has to serve, and then right. in the Navy, and then uh, he they denied his request to appeal as well. So that's it. Right, it's crazy. Well, I mean, in They're in still the, looking at options. In, in yeah, in the in the message that the agent sent me, and again, you can read the full press release uh, in the story that's on PeterReport.com right now. And also, uh, Kenley's he he's put something out on Twitter as well. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like they've given up hope completely. It sounds like they're. Um, I don't know if petition is the right word, but they're certainly mm-hmm. stating their case publicly, but also to the Pentagon because ultimately. It's the U.S. Navy and, and the people up in Washington, D.C. that make that, um, I say D.C., I guess it's Virginia, wherever the Pentagon is, that, that yeah. make that final call on that. The thing about it that's so perplexing and odd is the fact that, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's not even a question. You committed to the service academy. You have to put in your time, your commission. You have to spend that time. And then if you have an opportunity at 27, 28 years old to try and uh, go back and play football, you do that, but but things have changed over the last few years. And there's three guys. I think it was three that McKinley. I mean, sorry, that Kinley or his agent specifically mentioned um, who have been granted that exemption. So mm-hmm. it's. I don't know if it's a, clearly it's on a per situation basis. It's not just a blanket policy because if it was, then Kinley would be able to show up tomorrow and, and participate. But that was a guy that I was kind of looking forward to seeing. I mean, he was really a standout of their rookie mini camp actually picked off Trask for a pick six in that uh, on the very first day. So um, an athletic guy, if you look at his numbers, leadership, all of those things that made him an incredible uh, asset to the Naval Academy, um, hopefully would translate over to the football field, despite the fact that he wasn't drafted, which part of that could have been also the fact that 
there was some question marks. Why are we going to draft a guy that you know may not be able to play? So uh, anyway, that's that's a that's a tough situation for this kid because that was certainly his dream. But I see both sides of it. I mean, he knew going yep. into it, you know, that was a possibility. Although the the the, the recent situations have precedents, have allowed yeah, yeah, recent precedents have right. been that the guys are able to play. So I think that's probably the real frustrating part for him. Right. Is just again, doesn't sound like he was given many reasons. That part is probably frustrating. You know, I think that's that was kind of the thing that was stressed. And what you were hearing, what Stroud right. was, was reporting. And so that that part is frustrating. I hope we at least get some clarity on why. Right. Um, obviously, we'd love to see him out there. Somebody mentions in the chat, you know, got the grave diggers, don't necessarily need him. Not arguing that. You know, there's, I don't even know if he would yeah. be in the roster, but he should yeah, deserve the opportunity. It's either. an opportunity. It's a dream, you know, to, to be able to pursue that. And I hope he gets that opportunity for his sake, um, for sure. But right I'll now, say this, I'll say this, John. I'll say this. He will be a success in whatever he chooses or whatever he chooses or forced to do. Um, You know, he's going to go to, I guess, enter in an an officer training type situation. When you, when you graduate Mm -hmm. and give the commencement address at the Naval Academy with the vice president in attendance, um, you're, you're well thought of, and he's going to have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to be very successful in the military. If he chooses to continue to do that, he sees a stand up class guy, Taylor Jenkins, one of his last stories he wrote for us. um, Just a tremendous interview that he had with him. uh, Google uh, Kenley, on our site you can pull that article up from a couple weeks ago really good stuff yeah. uh anyway pulling for him and whatever he does but he'll be successful right. i know he will it'll be another bucks young corner uh rookie corner who has everybody's kind of eye in, in camp is chris wilcox we barely heard about chris wilcox and he has played in the otas yeah i mean i'm telling you when i've been out there he has not been targeted much I, maybe it's because nate brooks was targeted so much and and, and uh, d delaney was targeted so much the last time i was there you didn't see Wilcox on the receiving end of many, many throws um, right. or, or defending end of many throws. So I definitely will want to watch him. And especially Jalen Darden as that competition picks up. We already mentioned wide receiver. The competition is really thick at that position group right now. Um, how he performs in these OTAs against better competition. That's the key. We already know Darden carved up OTAs. You could yeah. see it in a day. You didn't need to necessarily see much more of Darden and know all right he's better than this group let's see if he's better than the next group and if he is we got it we got a real story on our hands here for for the rookie um mark will be at, kind of be able to get uh, a good picture of of where the bucks are at at that those five six seven eight spots at wide receiver really it's going to be a fascinating battle because everybody brings a little bit of something else to the table and and some guys are kind of clear like Jaden mickens look like they're Kind of on the outside working, not as good a receiver as Tyler Johnson, maybe not as good a receiver as Jalen Darden, but a better receiver than Justin Watson, but not as good on special teams as Justin Watson and maybe not as good a returner as Darden. So where do you put him? Uh, is he on the practice squad? Will he be able to be on the practice squad? Sounds like the rules will allow the Bucks to keep somebody like that on there. So we'll see how they feel about him. Um, he's going to have to battle out in camp. We mentioned Watson. He's going to have to battle out on camp. So there's just a, a deep room there. Obviously, a lot of eyes on that. Won't learn much from the offensive line group, in my opinion, until no. pads come on. Maybe we learn a little bit more from the defensive line group. I mentioned certainly Tryon in my article, you know, being able to see him versus Anthony Nelson out there. It helps. At least we can see him drop. We can see him move in space. We can see him work pass rush moves. Even if we don't know how effective they'll be once pads go on, we can see at least, oh, they have a good process. You know, there's a the process to get into the quarterback there. So we'll be able to see some things from that group. Um you can say KJ Britt and Grant Stewart in coverage if you want, Mark, but at the end of the day, I don't know if people are actually going to want to see <laughs> that part where you're looking for those guys to shine, in my opinion, is in, again, in, there's in, a in, reason in the these guys games. were drafted where they were. I mean, you know, as much yeah. as I think Grant Stewart 
has a very good chance to make this team as a special teams player. Anybody who thinks that, you know, he's going to turn into the second coming of, of Devin White one day, it's just, I mean, there's a reason Devin White was the number four overall pick and, and, and uh, Stewart was the, the very last pick of the seventh round. I mean, there's just physical athletic limitations that he has. Again, you yeah. can't out, you know, you can't count out heart and all of those things, but um, I go back and I mentioned it last week, Riley Bulla. I mean, he was a fan favorite on the, on the mm-hmm. hard knocks deal. I mean, just a leader on the field with that second mm-hmm. and third team groups, you know, but we heard the coaches up in the box during games saying stuff like, man, he just can't turn his hips. He just can't run. I mean, you know, things that the average person doesn't see these coaches are looking at specifically. And, um, you know, those are things that you have to have. Now, again, the, you know, who knows the teams have been wrong before there's been plenty of seventh round guys that ended up in the NFL hall of fame. So, or pro football hall of fame. Um, Don't think Stewart's that guy, but again, there's a reason they're drafted where they are. It's 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 a lot harder for those guys to end up in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, than it was. Scouting has come so far, mm-hmm. Scott. From I mean, Scott John from when, when you, know, <laughs> you did it. Let's go, man! I finally <laughs> did it. Well, I love it. <laughs> you're gonna have to do the rest of the show in the Scott voice now. But um, <laughs> but anyway, um, John, I wanted to ask you. Did you happen to catch the weather this morning by chance? No, I don't think you didn't so. watch the weather. You didn't notice there's a little no. small tropical disturbance no. down in the yes, in the western I, Gulf. This is my first experience with tropical disturbances, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I don't know if it's a first name storm of the season yet, but it's going to be soon because we are right on the brink of hurricane season. And John, when hurricanes come or tropical storms come, you've got to keep your property protected. Number one, you got to keep your family protected, but after that your property and your possessions. And there's only one place that I trust to do that with my property and my possessions. And that's Briar Greaves Insurance, briargreaves.com, or you can call them at 813-876-4166. They've been doing this for 30 years. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. we, we talk about Todd Bowles. There's nothing Todd Bowles hasn't seen as a defensive coordinator. There's nothing Bruce Arians hasn't seen as an offensive genius. Well, let me tell you something. There's nothing that Briar Greaves hasn't seen when it comes to the insurance world, from storms to homeowners policies to finding you the best rates for your auto insurance to a renter's policy, a commercial policy, just liability. Whatever it is you need, Briar Greaves can take care of it. We need you to call Briar Greaves. You too, John. And, uh, and and just get a quote. I mean, it's real simple. It'll take a few minutes out of your day, but you can potentially save a lot of money. John, if I said, hey, here's an extra $300, are you going to take it? What if I say, here, John, here's $600. You're going to pray about it, but you're probably going to take it. <laughs> well, you're, no, you're I'm gonna, taking it. First of all, you're going to investigate, make sure it's clean money because it's That's coming right. from me. So you got to make sure, right. you know, it's not dirty money. But Fair if it's point. clean money, you're taking it. That's what Briar Reeves might be able to do. No guarantees. But why let money slip away out of your hand? That's what you're doing if you're not checking your insurance rates at least every couple years. But I recommend people do it every time renewal comes up. Why not call Briar Greaves? Let them check out your auto, your home, your life, uh, your business, any type of insurance you have. Let them give you a quote. Compare where you're at. They'll tell you what you need, how much you need. Maybe you're paying too much. Maybe it's a really good deal, and they'll just be upfront and honest with you. That's what Briar Greaves does. Mm-hmm. Give Sam, give Briar a call again, 813-876-4166. Before we wrap up here, I did want to mention that there's one other matchup that I'm really uh, going to be watching very closely. It's not necessarily Cal Trask. I know some people can't wait to see Cal Trask, but and I can't either, but more, you know, I think I'm, I'm excited to watch him. He's a rookie in these settings. Uh, if he gets reps, you know, high end reps, reps with the ones even, uh, which, uh, you know, we'll see if Brady even participates, right. but you know, 
it's it might not be great right away. I'm not going to overreact to anything right. I see in minicamp from him for sure. Um, but I, I I do I am curious to see him. I just think long term is where we need to look for them. Even with Tryon, he's just returning to the field. Right. Like we're going to have to temper things a little bit, temper expectations. But you said it with Matt's choice, Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, not necessarily to make the roster, Mark, but just just in general, man, like signs of life, right? Like you got on the field so little last year, you made some big mistakes. You, he seems like he knows that from his time talking to us uh, the other week. Uh, it just got to be, a, I mean, pass catching, that's a big thing, right? Pass, can he come out? Can he catch the football? Um, that's going to be, that's going to be something we can see at minicamp. He's going to run right. routes. He's probably going to have those one, some of those one-on-one sessions. And does he get open? Does he catch the football well? Does he adjust to it well? Does he get upfield after the catch? Those are all things we've got to measure with him. And we know his role probably isn't going to be big this season unless there's an injury. We'll always throw that caveat out there. But on the surface, if everything stays as is, his role probably won't be big this season. But can there at least be signs of life that if this team needs to call upon you, you can handle yourself and you can be a factor for next season and the last two years of your contract, you can be a factor when not all these guys, they're all three of them are going to be free agents. Not all of them will be back. So can you be a factor for this team on the ground, in the air? You know, that's going to be – I just think we need – well, And, uh, and he's, he's playing for – he's playing for 2022, John. Yep. I mean, he's playing for next year because none of these guys – But he's got to attack it like you can play this year, Guaranteed. Right? Yeah, but he's got to attack it like That's exactly it. I, I think that's you're how right. going to see it. And, yeah. and it starts tomorrow. I, as, as I was saying, you know, no job is won or lost um, in, in a three-day minicamp in shorts. That's true, but you sure can turn some heads and 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 show mm-hmm. that the light has clicked on. You know, Scott and I last year got to go to training camp practices, and we just didn't see it with Keyshawn Vaughn in practice mm-hmm. at all. We just just didn't see any flash or anything. Now, as the season went on, all we heard about from uh, our sources was how great he was in practice. Jake Arians has mentioned it before. Bruce um, loves him as a ball Bruce, carrier, you know, but. You know, we just didn't see anything special from the guy during right. during training camp last year, or even in the well, there wasn't a preseason. So um, maybe this is the year. But again, we can go back to Ronald Jones, who had a dreadful rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe that second year is that breakout year. I just he's not going to get a lot of opportunities unless there is an injury, though. I mean, who? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to beat out Ronald Jones or, or Linda yeah. Fournette. I mean, he's just not going to. Right, um, and then you know. Go ahead. I don't know. I just don't think – I think you're right. I think it's about the future for him. But yeah. still, if he can show he's capable sure. this offseason, that's huge, I think. Because then you go into next year and you're like, all right, this guy's look good. And even he's going to get a chance. Somebody's going to miss – it's a running back position. Somebody's going to get nicked up, miss a couple games, maybe yeah. two guys. He'll get a chance. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's just one or two games, but he'll get a chance and he's got to be ready to make the most of those opportunities, I think, long term. There isn't much competition on the roster for his spot right now. C.J. Procise, Troy Main Pope. Um, those guys are not exactly household names or exciting talents. Uh, Rosice has had a ton of injuries in his career, converted wide out. So we'll see if they push a- anybody for playing time, but uh, it would surprise me, I think, a little bit. The other groups that I'm looking at, honestly, Mark, are Joe Jones. We didn't see him at OTAs. Uh, his wife, I think, or girlfriend, whatever it was, was given uh, birth. Um, yeah. So he's got. So he's coming back, and he's he stepping in a situation. I'm really curious to see how he looks. Uh, same with Antonio Hamilton. Uh, we'll get to see more of him, I think. Um, Herb Miller, hopefully back. We didn't get to see him in OTAs because he was banged up. Um, so hopefully he's back out there on the field. You know, that's going to be competition. I think he and Hamilton kind of highlight that competition. But Wilcox is in the mix, mix there too. 
uh, for that fifth cornerback spot. Maybe they keep six. We don't know. Uh, Raven Green versus Javon Hagan for this fourth safety spot. Maybe they keep five. We don't know. Again, Green can play that dime linebacker. So there's going to be kind of a glut of competition there. Um, it'll mostly revolve around special teams, which we'll get to see more of in preseason. But I think that that, yeah, how those guys perform those roles uh, defensively, at least this uh, the next couple of days, it's going to be big. Bruce Arians has raved about yeah. Javon Hagan. They, they picked up Raven Green. Um, I'm curious to see what Green brings to the table. Honestly, he plays with a little edge to him. So lots, lots to watch and lots to look forward. Yeah, to and what, what, one other, one other thing, there is something that I like to watch at these mini camps. And and although there's nothing official about it at all, I like to see who is running that second team. And again, uh, that second team, you know, whoever is second team and third string, those kind of things. These mm-hmm. guys will have an opportunity not second team as much because we know who the 22 guys are for the most part. There may be a surprise or two, but I certainly wouldn't bet on it. But, you know, who is running with the number twos? Who is, you know, the number two center? Who is the left tackle when Donovan's not in there? Um, Those are kind of the things you can kind of glean from from watching these practices and things like that. Now, again, doesn't mean it's official, but the coaches have to come. They have to have a second team when they say, okay, next group, go in there. Um, they've got to know which 11 guys are going out on the field and they've got to got to. So that gives us an indication of what initially, at least right off the bat, what the coaches think about these players. So that's always a fun thing to look at too. I don't know how much of that we'll report. The Buccaneers are pretty strict about what we can and can't report. They do not like us putting first, second team, third team, that kind of stuff down, but, uh, We'll try and squeeze it in there for you in our practice reports. Yeah, and there's not a lot of mystery this year, so maybe maybe they don't have quite as big a deal with it this year, but we'll see. (laughs) Obviously, we'll have to monitor that. Andy wants to know if the Bucs picked up a safety in draft or free agency. Yeah, they added uh, Raven Green from the Packers in free agency. Special team or dime linebacker. Actually played a decent amount for them defensively over the last maybe two years. Uh, He got hurt last year and a season ended early. Otherwise, he, he probably would have been out there in that playoff game. Uh, making some noise so he's he's an interesting player good bl- real good blitzer for them good tackler physical dude uh box safety type of player um they so they added him and then they have Hagen stepping in for Andrew Adams right now and so that how that all uh sorts itself out and yes Grizz is no longer with Peter Report uh really I think I, I mean he's, he's not officially writing. with Peter Report he's still part of our family and he's still uh, in our group chat know. yeah he's still in our group chat and he's still and you know what he's the that. one that texted the uh Kinley deal and was able to get that story right. he's like, quick. Hey. so thanks Grizz appreciate right. that but uh Grizz took a great opportunity for him uh to be like the sports editor for the Plant City Observer he's going to be covering high school sports uh over in Eastern Hillsborough County um I did that in the past it's it's a great opportunity for him I thought it was a perfect fit for him as he tries to figure out where he's going to go with his his writing career um he's always welcome back at pewterreport.com but uh, we 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 uh we certainly wish him the best and uh he'll always be uh a member of the Pewter Report family even if he's not a a, a full-time or uh, even a part-time writer right now, but we'll see what the future right. holds. But uh, Grizz, yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. Grizz, uh, for R. I. P. sure. Grizz. We'll be back tomorrow on the podcast, 4 p.m. Eastern. Same for Wednesday. Same for Thursday. You and Matt tomorrow. Days. 4 p.m. Eastern. Matt and I. Yeah, Matt and yeah. I will be out. Of you guys practice. be at Scap. Then, yep. uh, and you then and Scott what, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. Uh, I don't know if Scott will be able to be on the pod. We'll stand no, by. Some, we're I'll not going to allow him to be on. Right. And uh, then Matt and, then, and Mark will be on Thursday. Yeah. Right. So we'll have. Well, and they'll be out of practice, so we'll have practice covered. The people who watch practice will be here to answer your questions. Observe, report, take copious notes, all that kind of stuff. There'll be reports up on Peter Report all week, and as some storylines materialize, we'll have more content spinning off of that. 
best place to go for mini camp coverage, training camp coverage, game day coverage. You already know it's Peter Report. So we appreciate you all jumping in here with us for the podcast, and we'll see you again uh, tomorrow on another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. Oh.